Welcome to the Yes Collective podcast. If you're hearing this, then you are not on our private members-only podcast feed where we have our public episodes like this one, but tons more amazing mental wellness content, including our therapist circles, on-the-go articles, parent-focused meditations, and special episodes you won't want to miss. So head on over to yescollective.co, become a supporting member, and we'll get you your own private podcast feed today. Here at the Yes Collective, throughout the month of November, we've been diving deep into the mystical and magical world of woo for emotional health. From energy healing, to tarot, to astrology, our amazing team of therapists, psychologists, and coaches have been exploring how woo practices can be more than fun diversions or guilty pleasures. They can be intentionally used in our mental and emotional health routines. This week, Jenny and I talked to licensed therapist and voiceover artist Janelle Cox about how she uses Wu in her therapeutic work. Originally from Chicago, Janelle received her BA in theater arts from Indiana University Bloomington and her MA in clinical psychology from Antioch University with a focus on spiritual and depth psychology. Today, she's a licensed marriage family therapist with a strong mind, body, spirit, and psychodynamic lens. She's also taught yoga for 11 years and is trained in the art of applied esoteric astrology through Deborah Silverman. Today, Janelle practices therapy at Highland Park Holistic Psychotherapy in Los Angeles. If you're interested in how you can bring more of the unseen, mysterious aspects of life into your own mental and emotional health journey, then buckle up. You're going to love our talk with the joyous, funny, and wise Janelle Cox. I'd like to just jump in. Jenny was just asking if we should do some friendly banter at the beginning as co-hosts. <laughs> as like a check-in. I'm, so I'm new to this co-hosting gig, Janelle. So this is only at my second uh, co-host podcast. It's so triple air of you. She's a double Gemini Aquarius moon. Triple Whenever air. Whenever you say triple air, I, like, I think it's like a... It's like a psychic <laughs> fart or something. <laughs> uh, no, you were meant to fart okay, so, into the no, mic. I, it's like I was thinking that it sounds more like a skateboard trick, like Jenny's uh, triple air. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> I like the reframe. I like the reframe. Oh, well, hey, you mm -hmm. know what? Let's just leave all this in. Let's just dive in. Um, so we are right mm, okay. in the middle of our november theme of the month it's all about the power of woo we introduced this topic in our first podcast of the month a couple of weeks ago i'll restate it real quick and then jenny i'd love for you to add anything you would like but what we're doing this month is we're looking at different woo practices we're looking at the whole idea of woo by the way woo we're defining really as anything spiritual alternative mystical outside of the conventional mainstream medical model. And we're looking at woo this month because we recognize that it can be a very powerful tool in our mental and emotional health journeys. I introduced it last month by talking about a bunch of non-woo reasons why we might be fully on board with woo. And they are things like the placebo effect, things like woo helps us connect 
with others, helps us build community. I had a bunch of other reasons lined up that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I will throw it over to you, Jenny. Do you have any thoughts on just generally what we talked about last podcast, the power of woo, what this theme is about for you at least? Yeah, it actually had me reconnect to woo last week as I was uh, experiencing some bumps in the road of my own life. And um, I always, whenever I start to feel better, I forget woo. I abandon woo. And then when I start to feel bad, I'm like, I feel sort of desperate and I reconnect with woo. And then I'm like, why don't I do this all the time? So I've just been really trying to, you know, wake up every morning and do a guided visualization that's been connecting me to my, um, my particular brand of woo right now is connecting to my spirit guides, my ancestors, some other, uh, we will get, I can go into more detail later because I have a bit of a woo story to share. Um, and oh my God, it just brings me so much clarity and, and comfort and, um, meaning, you know, around the pain, um, which always helps soothe the suffering. So uh, yeah, that's what's been coming up for me since we first talked about it. Awesome. Well, Janelle, I just want to throw it over to you now. We've been talking about Woo. I defined it for for me, at least. But I'm curious, Janelle, what is Woo for you? What do you think of when, when you hear this word Woo? What was Woo for me? <laughs> I, lo- I love, love Woo very much. <laughs> <laughs> To me, it's it's an interesting word because it's a little, you know, sometimes I think it kind of demeans it and you know, right. And I'm sure you guys have addressed that, but it's like, um, because it's so profound and important to me. Um, but it's, it's, it's anything that, uh, is, it, it can't really be seen. It, I'll use the word like local reality quite a bit. That's my favorite new like concept. Our local reality is this uh, sort of three-dimensional plane of physical form, and it has its own set of laws, which we call science. And um, those laws are very important to abide by when we have physical bodies and this earth structure. And that's a, that's a truth that we have to abide by. But we also have um, these other uh, realms, I guess. It's so, so hard to talk about it with language because it's so much bigger than us. But we are in this local reality and we, we kind of get fooled that this is all there is because this is all we can see. And while this local reality is really important, there's so much more to the picture. And that to me is respecting, quote, woo, is um, res- respecting that there's more to us than our physical form in these dimensions that we live in. And isn't it interesting that that brings, that brings me so much comfort. And I also think that it can terrify people who are longing for more control, concreteness. And do you know why it terrifies people, Jenny? Tell me. I think, I think it terrifies people because choice is overwhelming and it puts the power back into us as sovereign beings. And it's easier for people to have a, 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 an idea of uh, spirituality or religion that puts power and authority outside of themselves as something judging our behavior 
rather than in us as sovereign, powerful beings that are a part of God or love or source, making choices and choosing love. But we would have to stop buying into the lie or the illusion that this is all there is. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of choice and responsibility. I mean, it's like the the foundation of existentialism is choice, right? Which is why I consider myself such an existential therapist, because I'm reorienting people to their power, their sovereignty, and their choice, because we do have to choose love. Well, actually, we don't have to do anything, but it's just overwhelming for people. That's interesting, Janelle, Mm -hmm. that you are highlighting two different ways to approach woo. I actually want to take one step back just to acknowledge Jenny brought this up in our first podcast that woo is a a demeaning way to talk about practices that are very meaningful and important to people. And the reason why we chose woo as the word here is because we do have a lot of people in yes collective and in our orbit who are uncomfortable with some of these things. And so woo is a nice bridge actually for a lot of people. So bringing forth woo in, uh, in the most positive possible way. But the, the other thing that we talked about last uh, podcast was how you know, we are in this age. This is a, a long age now, a couple hundred years old of secularization or, and demystification of the world. And for many of us, myself included, you know, I was in academia for decades, very unwoo, very just materialistic. That woo is a word that rationalist uh, materialists like myself use to talk about the things that we actually are really attracted to, you know, that um, spirituality or astrology or. Um, you know, smudging practices, whatever the case is. And so it kind of, yeah, it's served that purpose of being a bridge. Yeah, I respect that. If I can add this, Justin, woo has helped me understand why I was in the closet about woo. You know, when I look at like my, (laughs) let me explain. Um, I mean, Janelle, you know more about astrology than I do, but when I look at my, my astrology, you know, my um, astrological uh, set up constellation, you know, there's a lot of thinking in my chart. There's a lot of, um, that kind of rational thinking analysis is, you know, very much in my chart. And I think that has run into conflict with the parts of me that are very attracted to, uh, this more abstract spiritual, emotional realm. And so whenever I get down on myself for having been in the closet, in the woo, I was in the closet around my woo. As you know, I shared this in the last podcast. I came out about five years ago. Um, I will be sharing things openly today that I would never have dreamed I would share openly. Um, and, but now I understand thanks to something that you, some people might consider woo, why that is, why that gets constellated. And that's a great, I find that to be really, um, really helpful, really orienting. I just want to add, we live in a paradox of love and fear. And we also live in a paradox of uh, these extreme forms of what is real to us. So we have to, it's almost like what you're describing is the collective moving into a paradox of uh, mysticism versus a paradox of this form of, of our reality, which is the physical form, science and these laws. So it's like we're vacillating. 
um, the female uh, model of spirituality, mysticism, right, that we came from and then into the patriarchal. And we, I do want to talk about the patriarch because I think it's very important um, because I think that that's all a part of this too. This conversation is the, the, um, the masculine energy having power versus the feminine holding power. So yeah, I think what you're talking about is this sort of like you know, bouncing off of these different paradoxes of like how we, how we interpret the world. And the answer is in all of it. We do have the physical form. That's why I love astrology. It's the earth energy with the air energy, which is the mental mindset, psyche, then the, um, you know, the earth with is the physical, you've got the fire, which is the spirit, the spiritual and the water, which is like, um, the emotional. And we have to, you know, acknowledge all of it in order to, Right. So Janelle, I wanted to bring back this idea that you were talking about, about choice, the, this idea of two different approaches to woo, one being about choice and sovereignty. And then on the other hand, this approach to woo of kind of giving up all, all of that, having no choice, like this is all planned or, you know, I'm, I'm, my life is being directed or controlled by larger forces than me. And so it feels like, you know, this is, this is two different forms. And one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was spiritual bypassing. And it, so it seems to me that what, what you brought up is there's one form of woo that's very empowering that is around choice and sovereignty, as you said, and then there's this other form of woo where we're giving up that that choice and sovereignty to higher powers other forces is this second form is is this a part of spiritual bypassing for you spiritual bypass i almost want to kind of put a pause on that uh because we can that is an interesting concept that allows us to stay out of reality and I think if I share the line of thinking that I'm coming from, which is how I understand what's happening here, which is really hard for people to understand, I think maybe it'll make sense, which is that I think the meaning of life, and this is just like my theory. I don't yeah, know anything let's, about let's anything. Go, okay. We're just going to go straight to the meaning of life. Let's, let's do it. I know. Let me go. Can I go get a martini? It's 1130 in the morning. Let's do this. <laughs> <Okay>. Hit me. <laughs> the meaning of life is that we have to come from the spirit form, from the soul realm. We are drops of water in the ocean, branching off as an individual sovereign being with free will that comes here willingly and excitedly. And we give up the um, connection. We know that we, we have to have this veil of illusion which is separation from the source. And we come into these uh, bodies and we come into this experience and we have to dim our vibration down so, so, so low to come down here. And we have to go through this process of choosing to believe in the illusion of separation from source. And it is in the redemption of choosing love, choose choice, right? There's that word that we expand our consciousness and we expand the experience of love and joy, which is the meaning of life, expansion of love and joy. So we get caught up in the illusion, which is fear, which we, 
willingly do and we excitedly do. And the more we are in our, quote, darkness or fear or separation, which is also ego, the more chances we have to choose love. So being in fear and separation is not a bad thing. In fact, it's a, it's a glorious thing. The darker, the more effed up it is, the more redemption we have in the expansion of love and joy. The more we're being invited to make that choice. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a, a rupture, we'll say, with my dad, who is a staunch Christian and Catholic. And I need to address that, which is that, you know, he was he was scared for my soul, you know, that I've broken off from Catholicism and I guess Christianity. Um, when I was 19 and I realized I, I was raised Catholic like Jenny <laughs> and it, and that, that context of Catholicism worked for me because I already, I had an awareness of unconditional love from an outside source, which was God through the heart opening of my parents who loved me unconditionally. If we don't have our hearts open as little children, we have a hard time understanding unconditional love from an outside source, which is God. So as therapists, what I find is so important is that we connect people to a, a, a concept of unconditional love, which is only through the heart center. It, it cannot be intellectualized. And when you can connect to the inherent lovability of yourself, you can connect to joy and love, right? And that's, that's that feeling. I have, a, I have a concept of what it is to be loved unconditionally, to be delighted in, to be a precious child of God. And we all are those things. So when we are wounded from our actual parents, which is the, like this authority outside of ourselves that are loving us unconditionally, it's hard for us to connect to our inherent lovability as a soul. So that is sort of how I see therapy. It's very important to connect to your inherent lovability. And so in this framework then would spiritual bypassing be the avoidance of the fear or pain avoidance of of confronting fear fear or pain hmm. mm -hmm. can i get, throw out an example and just on the spiritual bypass because there was a time in my life where i was in spiritual bypass i was reading a, a lot of carolyn mace at the time. And I was, and what I was using, the way I was using it was I was, um, disowning my power and my choice and sort of relying purely on, well, I was getting into some kind of a rabbit hole around like manifestation and like, it's all, it's all my fault. If something bad happens, I've manifested it. If something a really very skewed understanding and ver inversion of the law of attraction and all that. And what I was doing in a way was outsourcing my knowing, outsourcing my power, my choice, and instead was kind of collapsed into not making any choices. And also, I think really avoiding the, the, the darkness that you're like the true darkness that you're talking about. I was, I was working very hard not to feel that. And as a result, I was closed off from the choices that that would have asked of me. So I was in this kind of like weird idling position in my life and was calling it spirituality, but that, I don't think that's actually what was going on. Now, 
when I experience my spiritual life now and my experience of woo now is that what I find is it actually puts me into deeper connection with my suffering. And it brings me into holding both the tension of the the form I'm in as a human and the suffering and the pain and the beauty at the same time and holding that tension, which to me is what being a human is. And when I'm in, in, I'm when in my spirituality or in the woo, I'm in that tension of like, I'm here to live in this, live this form and in, on this planet and do the things and I have bills to pay. And there's all this, you know, just human stuff I'm doing. And I'm also connected to something beyond that. And, and that is much greater than me and holding both of that. So if it, so my experience when I'm not in spiritual bypass is that the spirituality actually deepens my mm-hmm. connection to suffering, but in a way that is really rewarding and rich. It's when we identify with the suffering that that is who I am, that right. that's where we, you know, get, get s- stuck. And that that's all there is. Yeah. Which is why I think that being a spiritual therapist is so important because you're constantly reminding your clients like, oh, that's not who you are. That's just what you're doing to figure out how to love. So I think Jenny and I both, we both work in the, what's called um, the unconscious and we're depth therapists. And another term that we like to use is uh, shadow work. And you'll hear this word thrown around a lot, you know, doing, uh, and just did a lot of shadow work last year. And (laughs) you did, (laughs) we all got it, you know, shadow work. I just like really want to do shadow work. And it's like, (laughs) what does that mean? And it, it isn't. Okay. Janelle, I'm super curious. Now I know what shadow work means in the depth psychology, uh, context. I'm super curious. What does, what does shadow work mean for that parody of a person that you were talking about? Like, what are they doing? Oh, that's <laughs> that I guess that's because I also am an, uh, an actor, character actor. I do voiceover. So, and Jenny knows oftentimes if I'm like trying to work through like a client issue, I have to like mm. get in their vibration and like, do like a, like a, um, like she a channel. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you were just channeling someone. It's very entertaining and helpful. Yeah. So this person that you were channeling. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so I did like shadow work. Yeah, it's like shadow work. It's just like it's this. I mean, uh, uh real shadow work is is a is a, it's, it's it's freaking hard. Shadow it's work, hard. real shadow work uh, does yes, you. Yes. <laughs> Yes. There you go. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. I mean, it it never stops because our consciousness never stops and our ego never stops and our defenses never stop. And that's just, that's just how it is. And that's what we signed up for. And that's the, that's the joy of the ride, honey. It's the drama. And the drama is what we came here to do. Oh God. There's such a good book. Uh, I, th- I told Jenny about it. It's called uh, Existential Yes, I was Kink. recommended that book it's, uh, it's, a couple of years ago. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. And, it, you know, Jenny and I are trained in this Jungian depth therapy and on the unconscious shadow work can be uh, dream work. It could be uh, in, in, in your uh, fantasies and, you know, traditionally, according to Jung, to me, it is anything that we can catch in the projection, which is through our relationships, that's actually the deepest shadow work is, is how relationships play out because talk about being unconscious around something. Oh my God, like how you attract people and what plays out. You think that you're 
on a, tr- a track to like get it. And you're like, I think I got it. And then this dynamic plays out in your relationships and you're like, oh my God, I don't know anything. I'm a mess. <laughs> you know? um, but that takes work. It takes commitment. It takes a consistent process of coming back into because the, that what, shadow. Yeah, but the shadow you know? is, it's, it's the stuff that you literally can't see, but it's still, but it's still coming out in right. your projections in your relationship. That's right. And, it's the stuff you've unconsciously, yeah, tried to get rid of. And you could think of that yes. through IFS lens yes. of like the exiles. Yes. You can think of it through a Jungian lens of the unconscious. And we all have different ways of languaging, but it's, it's yes. all shadow. And I'm imagining That's that <laughs> woo in its highest and best forms helps us start to do shadow work because what comes up for me around this idea of shadow work is how difficult it is because by its very nature, I mean, like if I could see it, then I could deal with it, but I can't. And so it's like, for me, woo practices or at least the best and highest ones will help me, um, will help me start to see things that I, that I couldn't see. What do you both think of that? Yeah. Woo. It's like, we need tools. We need dis- I, I like the word distinction. It's like, we need distinctions. A distinction is something that emerges out of nothing. It's like, there was nothing and now there's something. There was a uh, darkness and now something is into focus. And I have this like concept around something. So something just emerged out of the shadow, which is a knowing, an understanding, wisdom, a concept, uh, a feeling, uh, we use these words to describe um, attachment and and states of being and feelings and something that emerges out of nothingness, which is a distinction. I have I have a concept now. I can see because all we're doing is projecting on yes. each other, and that's what I love about like people who say like uh, about astrology. They're like, I don't put a lot of stock in it. You know, I just I like who says like you know who says Capricorn is the is the uh, you know, the planet of, of, of father energy. It's like, okay, I, I get that. I get that. But we're projecting onto each other all the time. Anyway, we might as well make it interesting. We might as well have a framework of archetypes, yeah. which is all astrology is. It's a framework of archetypes that are universal in the collective unconscious that we pull upon, which we all can relate to. And we all have parts of inside us and it's also a study of uh, science and timing and transits. And I, we, I, you know, we can't, had, don't have time to get into all of that, but it's like all these systems, these woo, woo-ish systems of numerology and astrology and tarot or um, uh, Enneagram. Um, I, I love uh, Ainsley McLeod and, uh, and the book, The Instruction, which Jenny turned me on to, which has totally transformed the way I see it, which is also a, a structure of archetypes and soul levels and soul ages. And they're all systems to plug into. That's it. Yeah. And, and what just struck me, Janelle, as you were speaking is the systems are super containing and orienting and validating. And these are all the things that we need parents Mm. to do when we're infants (laughs) and when we're children. And so many of us didn't get And so when I am lost in the anxiety or the pain or the suffering or identifying with the the suffering, the the woo is like, it brings me into something very containing something. um, I love that, that your word distinction, it makes meaning, it brings image, it brings um, 
clarification, um, mirroring, validation, and that's all the stuff that I needed and uh, sometimes did not get, you know, and it helps, it helps ground me. Ironically, it helps ground me more in a more present way into this form, (laughs) you know, that that's why it's not spiritual bypass when you're doing that. It, It actually brings you more solidly into your lived experience here. I, I love this idea of woo practices being containers or holding. And I came back now, this is three weeks almost from a retreat in Sedona. Janelle, as Sedona is, is the woo capital Hello. of the world, right? <laughs> I just went there for like the fourth time. And, and, and so I came oh, back yeah. from this week long retreat and I was just feeling wooed out, like, I mean, in the best way. And I was thinking, like, how can I just keep this vibe? Because I just feel I'm just in the flow. I'm feeling good. And I was thinking, like, what what can I, is, is there, like, a mantra that feels authentic for me? Because I'm not generally inclined to woo. Is there something that can feel genuine and authentic? And what came up uh, was this mantra of I am held or I'm I'm. I am held by the universe, like the universe is holding me. And I can tell you, like for the past couple of weeks, that has been so grounding. And Jenny, so what you just said matches perfectly with my experience over the past couple of weeks. This woo mantra of I am held, the universe is holding me, is actually helping me feel so much more centered and grounded and present. Yeah. And it it builds on it. Anyway, when you're in the zone, I'm just, I had this woo experience this weekend. You can edit this out, (laughs) you know, and, and it's very vulnerable to share this sort of thing because, you know, I can hear the kind of, the kind of energy I grew up with around this. I too was raised Catholic. So there was a lot of, there's been a lot of concern about my soul for a variety of reasons. Jenny, do you have a, do you have a (laughs) manager part that, um, polices this for you? Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And it's, 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 it's holding a clipboard. It's going, are you sure about this? Are you sure? So I was, you know, as, as I, as I shared, you know, I've been going through, um, my mother is elderly. She's in the last phase of her, her life. She's preparing to pass and, um, it kicks up an immense amount of parts and, and wounds and, feelings and, um, grief. And I mean, just, it's just been a real, um, menagerie (laughs) inside of, of things. Um, and I found myself visiting this weekend and I found myself in just a swirl of very, very intense anxiety. And I, I love that word distinction, Janelle, because there was no distinction. I was just, my body was just uh, on fire with electricity. My mind was just swirling with, um, a lot of confusion, fear and, and it was just in every direction, work, you know, just everywhere. And so I, I put on a guided med- I just did a quick search on Insight Timer. I was like feeling kind of desperate, and I couldn't get a hold of anything, you know. So I just put a quick Insight Timer search of like, you know, spirit guide healing, like you know, whatever. A track came up, had decent reviews. I'm like, okay. So I throw this thing on. It's a guided visualization. Walks me you know, um, some deep breaths into a beam of light up to the angelic realm, like you do. (laughs) And you can, you can sit or lay on a table. I chose to lay down. Um, and 
<laughs> over walks a spirit guide. Um, I think it was my dad. Not sure. Um, hands on me, um, over me. And immediately, I've never had anything like this happen. Immediately, all of my anxiety went from the right side of my body Whoa. to the left side of my, or from my whole body to the left side. The right side down the middle, stem to stern, felt completely calm. The left side was just as the healing continued and the visualization continued, it all began to center over my heart. And then I was, I was receiving like words and messages around, um, heart healing, heart wounds, um, just heartache, heartbreak. And then it left and I felt completely calm, anxiety gone. Then the visualization continues to, takes me to a second guide. Okay, hold on, guide. Hold on to your hats because this is where it gets a little surprising. I'm taken into a temple. Uh, there is a woman in long robes, um, long, dark hair, dark skin. Um, it takes me into her arms. I'm kind of sitting at her feet. And I have this message of Mother Mary. Now, I left Catholicism a long time ago, and I think I've been sort of anti anything to do with it. But I felt very open to this message and I just was there and I felt very held and mothered and I just, uh, I just felt relief in it. And I had this realization of all of the layers of mother wound and mothering that's playing out in my shadow work right now, which is my mother is dying. There is immense grief and loss around the mothering that I wish I had had that I did not, that the mothering I wish she had had that she did not. Um, I am in a position in my life and in my career where people project mother onto me, negative and positive. I um, work in the maternal transference, you know, just lots of layers of this mother wound and energy and healing and longing. And so I come out of this meditation and I just feel some insights about choices. I need, to, there's your word, Janelle, choices. I get some real clarity that feels very grounded and wise about choices I need to make in my life. And I feel such gratitude for that. I feel calmer. I hop on Google like you do, and I just Google Mother Mary healing. I was just so curious about this Mother Mary showing up. And the first thing that shows up is some guy in Canada. I was a healer, but the, but his healing was Mother Mary heart healing. What? So I click on it and it's all about being in vulnerability and power at the same time. It is about mother energy, about the divine mother, about um, healing the heart and allowing the heart to be in, to be open to remove blockages from that, et cetera. Okay, so that's part one. Part two, next day, I wake up, a little bit of anxiety is back. I'm like, okay, I just do it. My wife's a sound healer. I thought it'd just be nice to be in like a sound bath. like just a, So I, I, I go on Insight Timer and I just like, oh, let's do a mantra. I don't know why. I don't normally do mantras, but click on a mantra. The first thing I see is the goddess Devi, I believe. D-E-V-I. I hope I'm not screwing that up. I click on it. I don't know who this goddess is, but sounds good. I listen to this. I feel immense calm. I feel peace. I Google the goddess Devi afterward. And she is the divine mother goddess. And the mantra was all about allowing her healing. And I just don't think that's a coincidence, right? I don't yeah. think that that is a coincidence. And it has been so comforting. And it's not that I'm without anxiety. You know, I had my IFS session this Wednesday and was just 
sobbing with grief around this mother, um, this mother work that I'm in right now. But, but I also feel immense holding and wisdom and peace. So all that to say, that is an example of something coming in from a place of no form, no distinction, terror, and into this beautiful array of symbols, imagery, meaning. Um, It gives Mm. me, I've got the chills right now. And I think that that those types of sort of mystical experiences and then feeling that evidential support, those are the experiences that confirm and affirm our knowing around that realm. Mm -hmm. And we're all having them all the time and they build Mm -hmm. on each other and they give us I, I, I like the word knowing, uh, it transcends the word belief or faith. The belief and faith are words that are associated with trying to trust something outside of ourselves, which is what we can, where we were just talking, you know, which is that religious model, particularly a male God, which totally demeans the female as power. But when we have those mystical experiences and the coincidences and the, the tracking of synchronicities and the tracking of all of these things that are in the depths of us, that those build our internal knowing. So you're sitting with, you know, Jenny and I, and I can't speak for you, Justin, because, you know, I'm not, I don't know you as, as well as, as Jenny, but I know that when you have those experiences over and over, you have a lifetime of, of, of building that knowing inside of you. And that's just a great example, Jenny, of that sort of, wow, there's something bigger than me. Oh gosh, mother Mary, totally Israel (laughs) and the archangels and all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, you had a, a, a divine healing and your intuition brought you to that. That's real. I agree. I and and um, it, it it's such a nice retrieval of a symbol that was part of a religion that felt so oppressive to me and so shaming to me. And to be able to reconnect with, you know, an essence of it that is there's there is so much love and wisdom in that for her as a, as a symbol, as a, you know, a master entity or, you know, however you want to think of her. So that was really healing in and of itself, you know, a kind of reframing of, of mother Mary. So it surprised me. That's the other thing I love about woo is it surprises you. And if you're open to it, which is nice to be surprised, you know, open to it. And so Janelle, you mentioned something about, or you implied at least that this takes practice being this open to it. Like it's not something that someone who, you know, has had no woo in their lives can just flip on, but that it's, there's a practice element to, to opening to woo. What do you think about that? Yeah. You know, as you were talking, I was like, gosh, I have, I've had such a specific experience of that since I was a child. So it's so innate inside of me. And I have to remember that not everybody has that experience. So they have to kind of work in a different way. But that is what I love about being a therapist. I'm sitting with people all day long, reminding them that their knowing trumps my knowing and helping connect them to their inherent worth 
value, lovability, and worthiness to have goodness and joy and love and how to open their hearts to love, which is woo. It's spiritual. Spirit is the heart. Spirit comes through the heart center. So when we are blocked in the heart center, which is what narcissism is, which is what was so important about having Trump in office. I'm just going to say that it was horrible, but it also woke up the collective around a very deep heart chakra wound of being shut down because that's what narcissism is. It's a wound in the heart. And so we've all been waking up to that and we had to see it in its form so obviously over and over and feel that separation over and over in order to be reminded of what it was. I've never in my whole life been so aware of the narcissistic wound. I mean, can I put a witness? I mean, as a therapist, right? Well, like, and why? All, why? Right. Why all of those who've, who've survived narcissistic trauma were just like, mommy, mommy, you know, just like walking back. And, like, it, you know, it was very, very disturbing. And then, yeah. how, yes. And then how clear it was. And then to feel so disconnected from half of the country and many of our closest relatives who can't see how totally damaged yeah. this human being is. And, and the split, the split continues. But with the split, and I'm talking about, you guys know, I mean, the split is like the, the divide has, it's almost like we're living in two different realities right now. I mean, and that is the narcissistic wound. It's like a split. Oh. The ego splits off, right? And that this is the separation that we're talking about, the paradox of love and fear. It's like this paradox and we hold, we hold all of it. So what shadow work is, is integrating the light and the dark, the love and the fear. It's not right or wrong or up or down. It's all of it. It's and it brings it. you more into your humanity. Yes. Right? Which is terrifying to the narcissist and the narcissistic ego. The humanity is absolutely terrifying, you know, because it's not ideal. It's too messy. We should do a podcast. Can we reconvene? Can we re yeah, can we have a reunion podcast and just do narcissism? <laughs> let's do it. Oh my God. I will, I will say on Jenny's behalf, you know, I will say you are sitting with a real Jenny is a real, uh, this is, oh, she yeah. specializes oh, in yeah. this. This is her yeah. jam. I thought you were going to say, uh, yes, you're sitting with a real narcissist. She knows from experience. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, what are some daily or regular Woo practices that really work for you that are just that are that are like part of your personal routine. So what a woo practice is a work when we <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting because as you evolve, as I've evolved, I used to have to work really hard. It's just like really hard to explain. I used to have to work really hard to remember that I am love. That I, that to not be fooled by the separation, to not be fooled and live in the veil. And now the veil is so thin. The more work I've done, it's like the veil has thinned and I just, it's all just so funny to me. So I have to think, what do I do? It's just also, I just, I'm so gleeful. I'm full of glee around this, this crazy drama we called life. And I love, okay, music, mm -hmm. music. Okay. That 
is how I change my vibration in an instant. I listen to music that is goes straight into my heart ch- chakra and opens it. And I love moving my body. I'm this double Leo. I have to sweat and move. And so for me, it's about um, what's going to shift my vibration. What's going to change my vibration and energy up, like move it up because it's easy to get stuck in the lower vibration and then stay there. And then we run self-pity. So we have to do things to connect to a higher vibration. I've got this beautiful German shepherd who is just love and joy in a beautiful dog body. And so I play with her. I smother her. spoon her. And I'm trying so hard to help like make her more codependent with me, but she's so independent. So annoying. So dog spooning, it can, we, we can define dog spooning as a woo practice. Oh, totally. And Janelle, I just want to rewind a second. What I hear you saying, and I mean, be still my heart. You are saying that the fine art of karaoke <laughs> is a spiritual <laughs> practice. Yes, girl. Am I right? Because Janelle is a master karaoke. I mean, just like karaoke. watch out, <laughs> karaoke or anyway. And so is Jenny but, Walters. She, uh, I have met my match. Well, you yeah, can bring voice and performance, but anyway, so can you. Well, singing <laughs> from a scientific and anthropological perspective, the best evidence suggests that singing came before language. It was like a proto language and that we likely as homo sapiens had our ritual woo practices before we could even speak language. And they were probably around rhythm and singing. And so I believe that dancing, rhythm, music, singing, this is all, it taps us deeply into our humanity. Particularly singing Whitney Houston ballads from the eighties. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, this is this is great. This is a this is continuation of the Woo Bridge because I think people think that for to have a Woo practice, you need to like hang out in in a spiritual bookstore and right. buy some a crystals. Vortex and, in Sedona. Yes. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right, Chanel. I my uh, hands on energy healer suggested when I was in the throes of the the mom stuff. So she's like, just put. I want you to go into your car and put on a song. And I she was right. I hadn't sung in a long time. Oh and at God. first, when I hit play, I was I put on my favorite Taylor Swift karaoke number. Okay. And when I first okay. started singing, I was like. In the middle of the night, am I? And then it like started, and I was like, "Baby, let the games begin," you know. And I was like really into it by the end of it. And I have to say, my heart was open. I felt, I felt transformed. And so I love that you're naming this as a as a spiritual woo practice. I mean, it's all about like levity, vibration, joy, laughter, singing. I. I will go into the drama itself, which is a lot of songs, to laugh at the drama and then unassociate from the drama. We are in trouble when we identify with the drama that is playing out. And then we have feelings of self-pity around it. And that helps, that makes us, it pulls us down and then we believe our own hype and we believe the crap that's being played out. So to bring yourself out of that 
and look at it, which is what meditation is, by the way. We are observing from a higher place what our thoughts are. I'm a terrible meditator. Ugh, I just, I know, I don't have a meditation. I don't have a meditation practice. I'm so antsy. I do sometimes. I do. I can sit still sometimes once the caffeine is worn off. And, <laughs> but, uh, but that's what it is. It's getting perspective. It's watching yourself do the things that you do. And sometimes music does that for me way better than like yes. meditation. Have you done ecstatic dancing? Of course I have, Justin. All right. Yeah, because for me, <laughs> I've done like, it all. <laughs> when ecstatic dancing is done properly, it's it's kind of like a dancing meditation. I love I I, I grew up as as a dancer. I'm a I'm a dancer. I'm an emoter. I'm a dancer. I'm a sweater. I fire. Oh my gosh. All of it. So yeah. And I was I taught yoga for uh over 10 years. And so, honey, I've done it all. Yeah, Done I think it ecstatic all. dance is one of my top woo practices. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. I want to. I want to speak to the folks out there that are listening. They're like, "That sounds like my own version of hell." Um, <laughs> ecstatic dancing, because what? I, I'm just saying, I want to speak to those people and say, "I feel you." And it, I want to. I just want to say, to move your body like that. Be vulnerable to move your body, and also. Give yourself the grace that it takes to maybe get to the place where you can be vulnerable because depending on the, on the trauma that you've had, the, the lived yeah. experience that you've had, your past lives, yeah. et cetera, that may be more difficult for others. And it doesn't mean that you can't have a spiritual connection or a woo connection oh if God. you're not able to experience those kinds of practices. I just... Speaking as someone who was you can't take yourself seriously. Well, but for someone who was very shut down around that. Oh, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I'll just say my uh, introduction into what has what is now ecstatic dancing, which, you know, ecstatic dancing, just to define it for the audience, at least the way that I understand it and the way that I have done it is it's basically like a rave without drugs and much more intentional. And so, and the music will be much more, I think there's like an organic tribal uh, sort of musical theme to it, but there is more intention around being present in one's body, moving with what's happening, you know, emotions. But I'll just say, you know, when I was 17 years old, I went to my first rave. This is way back in the nineties, 1994, probably. And I grew up in an evangelical household. My dad was a Baptist pastor. So you guys went through the Catholicism thing. I went through the Baptist thing. And no one in my family danced, 0.00 dancing. And I went and I felt totally out of place and I couldn't, I, I didn't know what I was doing. But I just saw the joy on people's faces and was like, oh, I, I have to figure out a way to be a part of this. I don't know how. How liberating. Oh, for them. And, but for me, I was, I was just faced with my own. I, I mean, I didn't have any of the tools, but I was just like, I, my body cannot possibly move like that. But then the next time we went to a rave, my friends and I just ate a bunch of mushrooms, just a ton of mushrooms. And it like I was all of a sudden, I swear to God, I was able to dance. Maybe it looked horrible at the time, but I felt like I was just in full rhythm with everything. And then from that day on, I've been able to dance. I, it's wow. I do. I do appreciate psychedelic drugs for that reason as a actual chemical mechanism that pushes our ego slightly to the side, sometimes drastically to the side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes not so slightly. Sometimes out of the it, building, but no. right. Sometimes we need something to literally move 
our brain around in the concrete Mm -hmm. in order for us to connect to it. And hey, I'm all about it. And the most important thing is to have a a wonderful holding container when that happens. Mm -hmm. This is not uh, this is not mental health advice that Janelle or I are giving, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) We have to give a disclaimer on that last one. uh, Yeah, but it's but it's coming. Did you see Colorado just? um, Yeah, no, no, I'm not saying it's not, you know, (laughs) Jenny, I don't want to step on your thought. What would what, what, you have to say? Oh, no, nothing important. I was just thinking that I was like, what's my ecstatic dance? And I was like, oh, it's 80s night at um, <laughs> this yeah. club in, in LA that I haven't been to since COVID. And I was then, then I felt really sad because I haven't really danced mm. since COVID. Not I really. Well, sometimes night with you, Tina Jenny. and I will do in the living room with the dogs. What's that, Janelle? Can I go to 80s night with you sometime? Are you? Yes. We can make okay. our own 80s night in our backyard if we want. Yeah, we can. <laughs> but yes, let's let's do it. <laughs> so, Janelle, we this might have been covered in the previous question, but I like to kind of land the plane of these interviews by asking about what's really working for you in your life. What are you working on? Is there a new challenging thing that's coming up uh, that that is making you excited? And what's what's new and edgy for you? Sexuality. Mm. Mm-hmm. I know. Even saying the word is titillating, isn't it? Well, for for <laughs> two former Catholic school, uh huh, like mm-hmm. people here. Mm-hmm. Sexuality. It's uh, there's a lot to explore, and there's a lot that uh, I am wanting to explore. And again, it's a realm. It's a truth of our bodies and our worlds. It's a pathway to creation, but it's also a pathway to self-expression, a pathway. That's another paradox is pain and pleasure. And people forget that it is our birthright to have pleasure. And um, I'm looking at deconstructing the belief system that I inherently bought into um, around the patriarchy, monogamy, heteronormative uh, beliefs. I'm really questioning a lot of that. Um, I'm looking at the sex and love split, the pain and pleasure split, the uh, binary rules that we live by, the gender rules that we live by, gender expression. I think that that is a really mystical and divine pathway to understanding ourselves. So that is where I'm at. And I'm also going through a divorce. So there's this thing, there's this opening that's been created in my life and I'm stepping way in and I'm kind of loving it. And sometimes it's really destabilizing and sometimes it's really exciting. I feel like I'm exploring and it's really exciting to me. So I don't know if that is in the realm of woo, but it's in the realm of consciousness ex- expansion, yeah. which is what I'm very excited about. So I'm curious, are there books or workshops or people you follow? Like what what is what has helped you in this area? Well, the first book that comes to mind is that existential kink. I read that this mm-hmm. summer and it just like blew my mind. I've also been looking at just that deconstruction of um, our idea of relationships and polyamory versus monogamy. And I read Polysecure. I read Ethical Slut. 
Gosh, what I'm reading so many books. Oh, I love Pia Melody's work, um, facing, facing codependency, um, uh, love addiction, her, her work at the meadows in, I did, a the week long, um, survivors, uh, healing there at the, at the meadows in, um, Wickenburg, Arizona, highly recommend that for, um, healing childhood trauma, her model around codependency and understanding that not the traditional way that we think of it in response to an addiction. She says that it's like codependency is like the thing and then addiction and everything else stems from it. So that's been really cool. Oh, and I'm reading Roar Like a Goddess. <laughs> that's another one I love. <laughs> we'll definitely put those links in the show notes. Jenny, do you have any thoughts? I was just laughing to myself because I was like, wow, that sounds a lot more fun than what I'm <laughs> reading right now, which is like, I'm rereading drama of the gifted child about parentified mm -hmm. children and um, the wound, <laughs> the mother wound. That. Uh, yeah, good times. It's a little light, you know, before bed, just a little <laughs> nugget, a little tic tac. So uh, no, but it's, that's what I love, like working with Janelle and working with therapists and just as we move through these different chapters in our lives and what's really igniting our, you know, curiosity and what we sort of like die. I just, I work with a lot of people who are just very much in with their, into their curiosity and honoring it. And so it's been, I learned so much from Janelle is I guess what I mean to say. And also that we're, you know, we're all going through different things at different times and, and different, um, different chapters of healing at different times and what's, you know, what a divorce kicks up versus, you know, what a, a dying mother picks up and it's all welcome. It's all welcome. Yeah. It's all welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have three final questions that we ask every guest on our show. So the first one, Janelle is if you could put a big post-it note on everyone's refrigerator tomorrow morning, what would this post-it note say? We are magic. And mm -hmm. I just got a neon sign made on Etsy that I'm going to hang on my wall. So I'm literally, I just made like a giant post-it for myself in neon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the neon post-it. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And then the second one is, is there a recent quote that has changed the way you think or feel? And that I didn't, I, I meant to look at and I don't, I don't have one. I don't know. Yeah, I have one. Every time you ask me this question, Justin, which I realize you're not asking me, you're asking Janelle, but I'm just going to help a sister out right now. Um, <laughs> That's right. Help a sister out. I never uh, have an answer to this question. And then this quote came up and I, it is a Cahil Gibran. Just bear with me. I'm going to find it. And it oh, is. Yes. Oh, here it is. Okay. Cahil Gibran. Between what is said and not meant and what is meant and not said most of love is lost between what is said and not meant and what is meant and not said. Most of love is lost. That really. Mm. Yeah. That that's beautiful. Landed. What that brings up for me is the practice of authentic relating that I've mentioned on the show or circling the idea that, you know, we, these are skills that we can build that we can slow down and really listen to each other. All right. So the third question, Janelle, is what is one thing giving you hope right now? I, I'm just going to go back to that, uh, the, the music, the music thing, um, and, and just sort of circle back on that because it's so simple. And 
you know, hope is a, is a, it's like a daily practice. And so music gives me hope. I know that sounds really weird, but like music is such a big part of my practice and is such a big part of how I survive this world of form uh, because it connects me to that vibrational realm. And I have to choose hope every day. And so I choose to listen to music that fills me with connects me to my own hope inside, which is the, the, the redemption of love and joy that we are inherently lovable and joyful beings. I have to work really hard to remember that, but the more I do, the more easy it is. And changing my vibration really helps me remember that. So I know that, you know, I'm circling back on that, but that is how, that's what I feel. So Janelle, would you give us one or two songs that are really doing it for you? Okay. Well, Beyonce's new album, some, uh, Renaissance. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I am bonkers over it. And I'm also really into this artist named Amber Mark. She sounds like Sade. Do you know her? Oh, I love, I've been an Amber Mark fan for quite a while. I, that Oh my God. Her voice. Power. Yes. Yes. So like between those two out, but there's so, so many, but like, and I, like Harry Styles, like, just like, where did he come from? Right? Like he is such a, like a ray of talent and sunshine. And so I, I'm a sucker for pop music. I'll say it. Yeah. Right I on. am. I Beautiful. love it. Beautiful. Oh, Jenny, do you have any uh, final thoughts? Um, no, I'm just d- delighted in this time and delighted in Janelle and everything that she shared. <laughs> Absolutely. Janelle, thank you so much for coming on the Yes Collective podcast. Oh, it's been so nice. Thank you. And I can't wait to have you back to talk about narcissism, where we will break down Jenny's narcissistic behavior and we'll. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Let's make it a holiday special. Oh my God. All right. We will see you soon, Janelle. Thank you. All right. Thanks guys. Thank you, Janelle. Bye. Hey, if you like what we're doing here at Yes Collective Podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast player, share it with other parents in your life and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yes Collective is a mental health movement for all parents. So let's spread the love.